Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know, last year in the Super Bowl, there was lots of bets going on. Uh, a lot of people got nervous when Kansas City was down, even in the fourth quarter, but they pulled through for those Kansas City betters, and they're right back here in the opener this season. So for game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? And welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Cass here with you for another episode of the Believe in LME Basketball podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we always appreciate you coming and joining us here for a little LME Basketball chat. Know that if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. Five stars is always appreciated. Or you can find us wherever else podcasts can be found as we look toward another week of LME Basketball. As it stands now, the line's 3-3 three and three on the year. Coming off a week where they split a two-game set with UCSB, the Santa Barbara Gauchos. The Lions dropped the game in Santa Barbara 69-58, to but had a great bounce-back performance to get them right back in the Gersten Pavilion in a really tough, well-fought basketball game. 81-76 was the final there. Both Damian Douglas and Joe Quintana posted career highs in the win. Eli Scott tied a career high in the loss, but... This Lions team has shown a lot of resilience. They do have a lot of talent and a lot of excitement that I want to break down with you on this episode with the man who's now my broadcast partner on the LMU Lions basketball broadcast, Jonathan Grace. He's a really talented young broadcaster. He's the color commentator for Lions basketball with me this season and works his way through the ranks at LMU broadcasting uh, in a similar path that I did. A lot of the baseball games, soccer, volleyball, uh, in studio for the basketball pregame and postgame, and now joining me on the broadcast uh, full-time. He's a really great broadcast partner, and I think you really enjoyed this conversation, so we're not going to waste any time. Jonathan Grace joining me here on the Believe in LME Basketball podcast. Here we go. All right, I'm now joined by my guest here in the LME Basketball podcast. It's my broadcast partner, Jonathan Grace. Jonathan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, Jesse, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And uh, for, for those of you who have listened or watched any LME basketball games uh, this year, you, of course, know Jonathan Grace. And if you've listened in the past years, you should know him as well. But if you don't, as I mentioned, he's uh, my color commentator for the year. He's done many other sports at LMU, including basketball pregame and halftime and postgame. And 
Uh, it's been a lot of fun to have him on the broadcast this year, Jonathan. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been great to have you aboard. And as I said, welcome to, to the show here today. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been an absolute blast uh, doing color commentary for the men's basketball team. As you said, I've done some pregame halftime and postgame coverage for them before and broadcasted play-by-playing color, co- uh, color commentary for other sports. But uh, to be up there on, on the big stage with uh, with yourself and obviously, Jesse, you're the voice of you know men's basketball at LMU. So it's a real honor. Yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome so far. And it's, it's a really exciting season. And I know we've talked about this on the air a bunch, but uh, anytime you have a new coach and a new system, that's exciting on its own. But just for the level of talent that this team has, it's been uh, it's been pretty exciting. Three and three start thus far. But what have your early impressions been of this team and what you've seen from from Stan Johnson and this new coaching staff? I mean, I think you hit it on the head there. It's been such a weird, unpredictable season. You know, it was a longer off season and everything with COVID regulations on top of just dealing with kind of a, a regime change with Stan Johnson coming in. I think, you know, this team probably wouldn't want to be three and three right now. But I also think even in, you know, a lot of their losses, they've got a lot to be proud of. I think finally we're seeing a team with so much raw talent learn how to play together. And I think that's been one of the most exciting things for me to watch anyway. Yeah, and, and you've had the chance, uh, you know, being on campus and, and having your own podcast involved with LMU Athletics to talk to, to Stan Johnson a lot. So what's that been like, and what are some of the key takeaways you found from him early in the season about his impressions about the team and, and kind of his hopes for them going forward? Yeah, I mean, to, to talk to Stan is has been awesome. I mean, he's one of those people that's just, you know, you listen to him talk for 10 minutes and you want to do whatever he says. Uh, he just he commands such a presence, whether it's over Zoom or, or you know, in person, getting to watch him out there on the court is, is really interesting, too. But, um, you know, I think he's really trying to change the whole mindset of this program. And, you know, he uses the word program very intentionally instead of saying team. You know, he wants us to be a full holistic approach. And, you know, it, it's really exciting to see. Obviously, LMU has has uh, never lacked in, in talent from the head coaching sector. But uh, to see Stan come in, it's his first job as a full-time head coach uh and you know he's talked about he talked about it with you on the podcast how this is something that uh has been a lifelong dream of his and he's really come in and and taken it by the reins and he's got an incredible coaching staff behind him I think in terms of key takeaways you know again just really trying to change the mindset of this team making this into a winning program you know he wants these guys to eat right to sleep right to think right you know to be uh you know excellent in the classroom and excellent people and and you know that excellence and winning mindset he wants to to carry into the play on the court as well yeah no question and and obviously the season got started about as exciting as it possibly could, and especially for yeah. Stan and a first-year head coach, the the first game of the year, LMU won on a buzzer beater. We've talked about on on this podcast, and of course, anyone who's followed the team saw that moment or heard that moment. But um, quite a way to start off your, your college coaching head co- career, and for Jalen Anderson, the freshman who hit the shot, uh, quite a way to begin your career as well. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a great game for the newcomers for sure. I think you know to start off your head coaching career with a win and a win like that. I mean. You know, it was one of the first broadcast uh, college basketball games in the country, so that was really exciting. And you know, it was uh, it was really exciting to be there. You know, I, I feel so lucky. You know, along with you, to be one of the only people in the country able to watch live sports right now. Um, you know, obviously we're we're doing it for work, but it's still exciting. And and man, that was a that was a good one. Uh, a heck of a way to start the season. Yeah, and that's obviously the kind of the the underlying thing, right? And, and you mentioned. Uh, we are lucky enough to be able to to be in person, at least for the home games. That's what we're doing. Uh, road games we've been doing remotely. But um, 
you know, that it, it's obviously a unique season. You mentioned the COVID protocols. Uh, that includes, you know, for, for people working the games to take their own safety precautions and testing and everything. Uh, what's that been like for, for you to, to deal with that and, you know, have your first chunk of games doing color commentary be in a, a weird setting like this with no fans and just kind of a, a different atmosphere than we're used to? You know, I think it's just one of those things where we're all kind of figuring it out at the same time. Um, I think, you know, I have to say a huge hats off to everyone at LMU and the athletics department who's done a tremendous job of keeping everybody safe. You know, they recently even opened up uh, our, our, what would normally be our school gym as a COVID testing facility for anyone that's on campus. And obviously the athletes and the coaches go through rigorous testing, you know, but it, it's been interesting. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, our job has changed in a lot of ways. It hasn't, you know, we still show up in our suits and, and get the job done, but I think you know, the road games, obviously, I've, I've never traveled with the team like you have, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting going into, you know, w whether it's a room at, in Gersten Pavilion or, you know, a conference room in the LAC like we've done before, you know, that's kind of an interesting experience. It feels very much like being back in the in the KXLU studios I was doing before. Um, but really, I mean, I'm just excited to, to be here, you know, doing this and, and broadcasting. So, for me, it's, it's just a lot of new things and a lot of exciting things. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's not a, a shock to people out there that to learn that we've done a lot, you know, these road games remotely and, and aren't traveling just for, you know, trying to keep things as safe as possible. But yeah, that's been a, it's been a different wrinkle. And as you said, it's something you immediately kind of just get used to and get comfortable with, but uh, mm -hmm. obviously different than being there in person, you know, calling it off a screen, off a monitor, trying to, you know, navigate with, you know, maybe a little bit slight delay with the stats and the monitor and everything and trying to keep that as fresh as possible. So it's a, that's been interesting as well. But it, as you said, once you kind of get into it, it, it feels the same. Absolutely. How, how has it been for you now that, you know, you, you've traveled with the team for a lot of years and now it's kind of all of a sudden doing it remotely? Yeah, you know, there's, there's the, the good and bad of it, I guess. You know, traveling is always extremely fun and it's great to make connections with, with, the staff and, and the, you know, the players on the road, that's something I really always enjoy and treasure to do. Um, you know, the travel every year, even though it's not usually the furthest places, it does kind of wear on you a little bit. So it's nice to, to be at home, but obviously we've been at home for, for quite some time now. So travel doesn't sound so bad, but um, you know, my, my biggest regret with it is just, uh, you know, not really being able to make the same relationships with the current coaching staff, just because they're new. Uh, that I have with previous ones. So, you know, I've been able, obviously, to, to interview them here and, and talk to them, uh, you know, from afar, but uh, not being able to really be around the guys as much as I would normally be is, uh, you know, a little bit different and challenging, but, uh, but obviously, uh, you know, for the best reasons. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we mentioned for the team three and three so far, you know, when looking at that, just on its face is obviously 500 record, uh, but we've seen that they've played Minnesota, of course, twice, UCSB twice, uh, and really played well in most of those games. They had a, you know, a clunker in the beginning of the Minnesota series, responded with a great follow-up, kind of same thing against Santa Barbara. We've seen this team really show their flashes, and you know, if they put it together consistently, this is a team that uh, can really do some damage, I think, this year, the West Coast Conference. What have, your, what have you seen uh, on that end? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, those those back-to-back -back series were really interesting. Um, those two games in Minnesota were, you know, they were tough to watch, but I think also, as you said, they responded really well in, in that game, too. You know, if you if anyone that, that's listening had watched both those games, LMU really 
kind of got it handed to him in, in the first game. You know, Marcus Carr, obviously, who's a tremendous player, uh, did what he did best. But, you know, I think LMU adapted and learned. I mean, it was really a quick turnaround a couple of days between both games. And, you know, I know just in speaking to Coach Johnson after the fact, he said, you know, they really worked hard on trying to, you know, not foul as much you know, keep a hold of the ball better and really shut down Marcus Carr. And I, I think they actually did a pretty good job of that. And obviously, you know, in, in the first half of game two, they pretty much all but shut him down. I think he had five or six points. And then, you know, he, he kind of went to work in the second. But I think there's a lot to be proud of. And I think luckily for them in the series against UCSB, uh, they had a little bit more time to adapt. They had pretty much a full week of, of practice sessions that they could, you know, go to work and really refine those things. And it was it was really a different team that came and played that game too. You know, I just being there in Gerson, watching them play, the pace of play was different. Uh, it seemed like their energy level was different. They were hustling more um, and, you know, they were able to control the pace of play. And again, I think they were able to not just rely on Kelly and Eli, uh, but really spread out the scoring. I mean, LMU is one of the best teams in the country and excuse me, in the conference in terms of uh, points off the bench, you know, they've got so much depth and I think they really used it in that second game. Yeah, no, I think so too. And, uh, you know, this has been, we mentioned the COVID part of the season. Uh, have you gotten any sense from either Coach Dan Johnson or some of the players of the team of just their level of adaptability? We know that so far, at least for LMU, they've only had one game that was canceled and added with, you know, losing the Stanford game and then getting that extra UCSB game. But uh, just kind of being ready for the unexpected in this season, having to play games and not play games that you would usually expect to. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've gotten from Coach Johnson is just they have to be open and, and go with the flow. You know, they he's kind of taken an approach of, you know, the most important game of the season is the next game of the season, whoever you're playing, uh, and not really looking at the opponent for, you know, maybe their reputation, say, you know, they're, they're not going to approach a game against Gonzaga any differently than they would against Bethesda, you know? So I think it, that's been really neat to see, um, you know, they're not taking any opponent for granted, but they're also not overlooking any opponent. Um, but, you know, I think that mindset has been necessary for them. You know, obviously, as you said, their, their schedule has changed. And I know it was a schedule that coach Johnson largely didn't get to pick, but you know, the, the role that he has played in, in kind of selecting games this season uh, he says has been very fluid as well. You know, it's just kind of been whatever the local guidelines have been, you know, LA County opened up uh, gyms and stuff a lot later than, than other teams uh, or other programs on the West coast. So they had to practice out on the tennis courts for a while. They bought a, a couple of, you know, front yard basketball hoops and, and made the best of it early in the season. So uh, I think, you know, from what he's told me, it's been a good learning experience for them. And I think going into practicing normally next season, I think it'll look easy for him. Yeah, it certainly uh, makes you battle tested for, for what <laughs> should be hopefully a normal season next year. Uh, we, know, we know going forward, at least right now, LMU has two games scheduled left in non-conference play. They might add another one, uh, but we'll see if that happens or not. They have UC Irvine and Cal Poly coming up this week on Thursday and Saturday. Uh, we know that despite no fans, LMU is 3-0 and at home. Uh, what have you seen from this team at home that has made them look, you know, so dominant in those games? Uh, and what do you expect for these next two non-conference games before the Lions move forward to, to WCC play? You know, I, I hate to say it's the intangibles, but I think it's part of it. it, it you know, it's got to be the environment, you know, that they've done so much work in the offseason 
uh, in terms of renovating Gerson and trying to make it, you know, visibly a special place to play. Um, obviously, the the legacy of Hank Gathers and, and that whole team uh, with Bo Kimball and all those great guys, uh, that legacy really does live on in there. And so, you know, it, it, they bring a different energy level when they play in Gerson. So, you know, maybe that's something they have to work on in, in matching that intensity on the road. But, you know, I think starting the season off at home was huge for them. Obviously, a, a tremendously exciting game, probably not as fun to watch for Coach Johnson, but for us and for the fans at home, it was a great game. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just little things. I think when you go into someone else's house and play, you have to play to their, you know, energy level. And obviously it's different because, you know, usually you would go somewhere like in Zaga that hosts, you know, so many more fans than Gersten does. And that brings a level of, of difficulty. And that's not a factor this year. But, you know, I think I think there is definitely the home court advantage. I think LMU has, has certainly done the best they can to, to maximize that advantage uh, in, in whatever way it may be. But yeah, I think playing at home is just, they've, they've seen a different energy level there. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, has any player, uh, one or maybe even more, uh, surprised you with their play this season or who stands out to you the most so far? We know there's obviously the, the people you'd expect, like Eli Scott, who's came in as an all-conference preseason selection, but uh, anyone else on the roster caught your eye so far in the early part of the season? I mean, you know, I think Kelly Lefebvre, obviously he's gotten a ton of press uh, recently, that, that beautiful flowing mullet he's got. Um, but, um, you know, his play on the court, I think, speaks for itself, too. He's, I think he's, he's become so much more versatile. And we saw little glimmers of this last year. But, you know, we've mentioned this time and time again, he can hit the three ball, he can score inside. Obviously, he's a force to be reckoned with on defense. You know, I, I pity anyone that has to play against him or, or try to body him up because he's, uh, he's imposing and, you know, he's tough. But I think he's also shown a lot more self-control. You know, I think, you know, you look even at the two games against Minnesota and he got in foul trouble pretty early on in game one but really reined that back and changed his own style of play in just a, a couple of days. And I think that that takes a really special player to do. Um, obviously, Eli has continued to be amazing, both as a facilitator and as a scorer. We've seen he's already matched his career high uh, in, in just a, a few games this season. Um, I think really some of the, the, the biggest things I've seen are from Damian and Joe. Obviously, Damian Douglas, Joe Quintana, two players that were, were out last season and have come back and just not missed a beat, and they've improved. Uh, both of them had career highs in the last game at home, and that was super, super cool to see. Um, but, you know, they've come back very hungry. Uh, you know, in, coach, in, in speaking with Coach Johnson, he says that they have both worked really, really, really hard in the offseason to not only heal but, but improve their game as well. So uh, I know just from speaking to him how excited they were to come back on the court, and I think it shows in their play too. Yeah, and not that that's too unexpected for two very talented players like that, but but like you said yeah. to the point, they met, both of them missed an entire year. So if there were yeah. some some rust, that would be, you know, understandable. But they have both been really incredible this season. You know, Quintana, we knew and know he's a great shooter, but he's seemingly evolving as a, a playmaker and a ball handler and a defender. And of course, Damian, you know, he's obviously shooting well, but attacking the rim, rebounding the basketball. Uh, playing great defense, you know, those two in particular, I, I'm right with you. They've been really impressive. And and I think you just give it an extra notch for coming off full years missed with some significant injuries. Oh yeah. And, you know, we have to also talk about Jalen Anderson. I think he's, I mean, as a freshman, 
you know, I, I've kind of likened him before to Eli Scott, not in terms of style of play, but just in terms of coming in as a freshman, really hungry and really aggressive. And I mean, that game one performance he had, that was his first collegiate game during a very crazy COVID year with a long off season and, you know, ended the game with it with a game winning game winning buzzer beater. Uh, and, you know, he, he's kind of been a little bit up and down from them. But, I mean, he's a, he's a freshman, and he's made some really, really mature plays. Again, I, I think back to this last game that, that LMU played at home, and there were a couple times when he could have easily, you know, gone inside in traffic and, you know, when it looked like he had a lane, but he dumped it off and made the unselfish play uh, and, and, you know, kind of worked really well with the guys on the court. And, again, I think this is the first season I've seen in a while where these guys are actually starting to play as a unit and that makes me really really excited but yeah Jalen Anderson he's he's going to be a star there's something with with players as freshmen when you can tell that they just they don't have any fear and they play with a great deal of confidence and like you said you're still going to get some ups and downs but uh it's pretty evident and from that first game for Jalen Anderson beyond the buzzer beater really just that whole game you saw an edge and a confidence that that he belongs on this level so that I, I agree that was that's really exciting and I think he's got a, a really bright future ahead for the Lions no, oh, yeah. I mean, just the way that he kind of gets out there and, and can control the offense. I mean, he'll he'll take the ball out to center court uh, and, and, you know, toy with the defense and slow things down. And you don't often see a freshman with that level of composure. Often you see freshmen come in and just want to make the play, want to make the play. But you can tell his basketball IQ is, is really, really high. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for LMU, we know they're in the West Coast Conference. It's continually been an improving conference year after year after year. And again, this year, uh, it looks like it looks to be no different. We know that Gonzaga is number one in the country. San Francisco, of course, beat the number four team in the country, and they've been impressive. Pepperdine's good. BYU, St. Mary's, the usual suspects. It's a it's a loaded league uh, for the Lions. We know they expect to be in that mix. Uh, how do you see them stacking up against their their conference opponents? And what do you think is a realistic spot for them in the conference standings? Uh, you know, when things all shake out at the end of the season. Gosh, well, well, that's the that's the million dollar question. Um, I know preseason, I think they were they were picked to finish seventh, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah. And you know, it, it's your heart kind of sinks a little bit because you know how much raw talent this team has. Um, as you said, I think this conference just continues year and year, year after year, to get better and better. Uh, and it's awesome to see, but it also means that LMU is going to have to play up to a higher level. Um, one of the things that's really stuck with me from speaking to Coach Johnson is, you know, he, he said that he never wants LMU to have to play down to an opponent. He always wants them to sink to the level of their training, um, which I think is really interesting. So, you know, they're, they're preparing for these conference games. And in the back of their minds, you know, you, you've got to think that they're, you know, planning for, for a Gonzaga, for St. Mary's and for a USF. And, you know, it's tough when, when your whole conference gets better, you have to play up to that level. You can't stagnate and I think LMU faces a unique challenge and a new unique opportunity with having a new coaching staff where they can really shine and and outplay some of those opponents some of those close games from last year I know that that USF special uh Hank Gathers game last year where it was just so close you know it came down to, to a couple points right at the end there you know USF is a beatable team for LMU I think LMU also has shown in years past, even when they haven't played the best, they've given Gonzaga a run for their money at some points. They've given St. Mary's a run for their money at some points. Um, you know, I think last year, one of the games against Gonzaga, they went in down by three in, into halftime. So, you know, these, these are our teams that LMU can, can run with. Um, but again, I think it just comes down to playing as a unit. I think overall, I think LMU has a really good opportunity to finish realistically, I think fourth in conference. Um, 
which would be tremendous for them. I know obviously they would love to finish higher and, and coaches talked about bringing another banner back to Gersten and so have some of the players. Um, but, you know, I, I think as with anything, it's, it's going to require building and time. Um, but I think LMU can, can really do something special this year. They've got a lot of talent. And, and I'm really curious if, uh, you know, once we get into the thick of conference season, uh, you mentioned a lot of these teams, the Lions have hung with or even beaten in the past couple of years. But if the no fans thing affects potential games that the Lions would have struggled, struggled on the road otherwise, of course, the Gonzaga one stands, comes out to mind because the Lions haven't won in that building or in Spokane rather since 1991. Uh, we know that there's other, you know, gyms that have been tough for the Lions to play in. So that's something that can obviously be a coin toss can go either way, but uh, it's just another wrinkle and variable that uh, could tip the scales either way for the Lions. Yeah. You know, and it just keeps this exciting year even more interesting. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, how does playing Gonzaga with no fans come into the picture? Obviously we've mentioned when LMU plays Gonzaga on the road, part of what makes that so different difficult is, is the atmosphere of all those fans screaming and getting in your face. You know, and obviously there's like the artificial crowd noise that the stadiums will pump in. But, you know, you, you got to think that at some level that will affect things. And also, I think with a new coach comes a chance for a new mindset as well, a new approach. You know, they've implemented a new offensive, defensive and transition scheme this year, uh, which has worked pretty well for them so far. And obviously they're still ironing things out. But, you know, I, I think LMU has has an opportunity, as I said, to, to do something special this season. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing what happens with the Lions as the season continues. Uh, as we said, they will be playing again this week, Thursday and Saturday. You can hear both Jonathan and I on those calls. Jonathan, uh, he also hosts an LMU athletics podcast uh, for LMU Lions and the LMU athletic department. So, uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for, for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again. And uh, it's it's a pleasure to, to, to chat with you here and work these games with you this season. Yeah, absolutely, Jesse. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in LMU Basketball podcast. Once again, a big thanks to my guest this week, Jonathan Grace. And a thank you, as always, to all of you tuning in wherever you tune in. Now, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. If it's Apple, please rate, review, and subscribe five stars. If it's Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, we are available anywhere. So go check us out and find us out. Uh, you can also follow along with me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass for any LMU basketball updates. Uh, also, be sure to check out Believe.com, at Believe Podcast, at Believe Sports, all the good stuff on social media. You can find this show and many others in the platform right there. So with all of that said, as I mentioned, LMU's back in action Thursday against UC Irvine, Saturday against Cal Poly. Those are both home games at Gerson Pavilion if you want to check those out. 6 p.m. tip-offs for both, and you can catch Jonathan, our guest, and myself on those broadcasts, either on KXLU on the radio or on the video side on the WCC Network and Watch Stadium. So with all of that said, we'll hear you or see you for those broadcasts, and you can catch us here on the next episode of the Believe in LMU Basketball Podcast as well, here only on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions!
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.